Hello, Matt. Good evening. Hey, Johnny. How's it going your side? I am doing very well, as usual. Thankful for being uh, able-bodied, just like for something very simple, because I was just reading like a blog post that someone was sharing. They were just being thankful for just being able-bodied. I'm like, oh, that's something that I take for granted all this time. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, something that is easily taken for granted. Just having the ability to walk or to use your, your arms and your hands and move stuff. There's people in the world today that aren't able to do that because it's like just such an everyday natural thing that you don't even think about. You forget what a privilege it is actually to have that. Let me share something like completely random that you just brought up. So there's this uh, app that I recently found out. It's called uh, Be My Eyes. So what it does is it basically pairs you up with people who are visually impaired. They could be anywhere in the world. You know, sometimes it would be like, you know, doing some house chores or when they go shopping, uh, they would ping anybody in the world that has this app installed. You get kind of like a FaceTime call. And when you answer, you would get connected and they can point their phone camera at something and you can walk them through whatever they're looking to do. So I installed this app maybe three, four months ago. And I was able to help, I think, two people, you know, despite a lot of negative that comes out of technology, this is something that I find very positive using technology. That is absolutely incredible. I did not know that such a thing existed. Does it connect you with people that are nearby or is like the criteria that you both English speaking or? Yeah, so I believe right now it's English speaking. The two calls that I've received so far are all from English speakers. Initially, the onboarding process is is um, whether you are looking for help or you're trying to be a helper, right? So I signed up as, as the helper and the app just runs on your phone, just very similar to Skype, right? And I think what they do is they just randomly dial to a group of people and whoever picks up first will get the call. So I've had calls where it was ringing my phone. I tried to pick up, but I was too slow. And I think someone took the call. Are you able to share what you helped them with? Yes. So the first call I had was, I think he was a gentleman, older gentleman in the UK, and he was going shopping and he wanted to look for a certain type of glue. So he just picked up a package from a, maybe a hardware store and he should point the phone at that and ask me some questions related to the content of the package. And then the second call was someone who was looking for clothing. I think they were asking me the color, like whether I think one was red, one was green, and they just wanted me to tell them which one was which. Blown away. That's the most incredible thing that I've heard in a long time. What a good use of technology. Yeah, we will also include it in the show notes. And the call lasted probably like 30 seconds max for me. So yeah, it's very rewarding after you're able to help someone. Yeah, I can imagine. So what are you most excited about this week? On the 1st of November, I decided to cut sugar out of my diet. And I'm excited about the positive impact that that is going to have in my life. But man, I'm not excited about missing out on a whole nice, you know, array of sugary treats and soft drinks and things like that. It's been hard and I've got withdrawals. I've been super tired this week and I don't know, I think it's a combination of a few things, the tiredness, but yeah, it's been difficult. (laughs) So that's it. I'm most excited about getting my health back on track, consuming so much sugar. There's a lot of negative effects, including kind of 
sugar spikes. So you've got a lot of energy and then you just flat out crash often. Yeah, and just generally feeling a lot healthier about my body. I have also done that in general, like my diet is pretty low on basically processed sugar. I think it takes a, a while. You have to kind of slowly lower your sugar intake. I think you're that's what you're experiencing right now, uh, withdrawal symptoms. Yeah. Well, that's what's the funny thing is like, I'm not the type of person that can slowly do something or like ease into something. So the only way for me to like cut out bad habits like this is just to go cold turkey and get rid of it completely. So I've gone the hard route and gone cold turkey and I've done it before a number of times and and kind of felt the benefits and I know that it will be beneficial, but it's like the first week of doing that is super, super difficult. Mm-hmm, yeah, I've experienced those things too. So uh, let's talk some business now, now that we've gone through <laughs> an app recommendation yeah. as well as a diet recommendation. Uh, the, we are not <laughs> healthcare professionals and these are not a, a healthcare advice. So just uh, talk to your doctor. <laughs> <laughs> Put in the disclaimers there. Yeah, yeah. So I want to, given my first update. So last week I mentioned how about my issue with GitHub Actions and in general, my continuous integration pipeline was broken. And finally I was able to fix that broken build with the help of my friend who is a DevOps professional. And uh, it turned out to be GitHub's underlying VM being updated. And some of the packages came with the update uh, was completely just breaking my build to the point where there was no error message because it was just, the commands would just crash. So after updating some of the dependencies, I was able to fix that, which was like very, very helpful because my developer, my offshore developer, she's been working very diligently and pushing a lot of changes to the code base. And the broken build was definitely like impacting just the feedback cycle, I guess, just because she would be constantly be pushing and, I wasn't able to do any merges and to run the tests. That was a big relief after it was fixed. Yeah, that's good to hear. Yeah, from my side, I have had a pretty quiet week. I mentioned tiredness, and maybe it's a bit of a theme over some of the last episodes that we've had a chat. And I know it doesn't make for good content, but pretty much all I was able to do this week was product support. But outside of that, I've had some a little bit of time to kind of think deeply about where I want to go over the next year. We're coming to the end of the year and you know while my mind is kind of set on planning holidays and figuring out what I want to do with my time off in December, I'm going to take a month off in December. I've also started thinking a little bit about next year and the plans that I want to make. So I've been doing some some deep thinking and figuring out a plan so that I approach next year in a way that doesn't burn me out because if I'm honest, I'm extremely burnt out at the moment and struggling with brain fog and tiredness and all the horrible stuff that comes with burnout. I want to approach the year in a unique and different way. And I've got some exciting plans that I'm not going to announce yet about how I can do that. And um, yeah, I'm hoping that next year is kind of like a, a fruitful year in terms of products and building things and kind of in a way just living life on my terms and not you know just kind of like having life dictates how what I do and, and where I go and you know being more more intentional about 
how I go about my business next year. I've been thinking about that and I've made one key decision over the last week that has helped kind of frame what I need to be working on in the next month leading up to my time off. And part of that is making sure that I get WP Discussion Board sold. We mentioned a few episodes ago that I'm looking to sell, but I've been like taking it easy on the process, like not kind of pushing it. I've got motivation now to push the sale of that um, business. So that's what a lot of my focus is going to be on outside of obviously my contract work for the next month is getting WP Discussion Board sold and like prepping it for sale. And I think there'll be some good content that comes out of this in the next couple of episodes. So while today's episode from my part may be, may be a little bit boring, just talking about product support in the next couple of episodes, uh, I really want to like maybe dive into some of the things I'm doing around preparing WP Discussion Board for sale and hopefully getting a buyer sooner rather than later so that I can action the next step of my plan and start talking about that. Yeah, looking forward to actually having front row seats to that deal. What about your contractor? So you have someone working, contracting with you, right? Yeah, he's he's working and he's working well. And I think like we've both got the shared experience now over the last month. Maybe I've, been, I've had my contractor for a little bit longer than a month with working with contractors. And from my perspective, it's gone well. But in a lot of senses, I expected it to be, I would say, like a silver bullet to my problems. It's like, hey, I've got somebody doing the dev work now. Now I don't have to think about it anymore, where it definitely hasn't been the case. It has taken work off of my plate, so I don't have to do a lot of the development work on my on my product. But there's an overhead in terms of the work that you have to do to support this person. And that's been, you know, like a whole different set of things to deal with you know managing somebody takes a lot of effort a lot more effort than I had assumed I've still got him uh, working on my stuff I think I'm going to pause his engagement over the next two months just while I prep WP discussion board for sale and the reason why I'd pause that engagement is because like I said it requires a lot of attention and efforts to be able to support him and have him working on the right things and continuing to deliver in the areas of the product that I need him to deliver on there's a bit of handholding that needs to be done. There's code reviews. There's, you know, just management of documentation of stuff that he pushes and um, making sure that documentation is up to date. There's like a whole broad range of things that need to be done alongside him as the person that's that's managing him. So yeah, the reason why I, I would pause that engagement is just so that I can focus on kind of the next steps of my journey here, which is selling WP Discussion Board and then moving into my next thing that I want to do, which, I mean, we've spoken a little bit about that, about like the product that I'm, I'm working on and hoping to become, I will announce it at some point soon, but that's going to hopefully eventually become my full-time thing. I don't want this to be a side hustle forever. I want to really push this to be something that I can work on full-time. It's gone well. I've been I've been happy with his quality. There's definitely been a there's certain times where I've had to accept that the work that I am getting is taking longer than I had expected it to. And that's for multitude of reasons. Like sometimes I might be comparing him to my level of skills in WordPress when I've been doing this for 20 years and he hasn't. 
And I know how to do the, do things in a certain way really quickly, but he's got to adapt to the architecture that I want. So that slows down the process. So there hasn't been tension around that, but it's something that's like every every time it comes up and I say, I, I get a new bull report on Upwork, I'm like, hey, but that should have taken less time. I have to like take a step back and say, well, just hold on. This person is approaching this from a complete different aspect from the view of it that I have. Overall, I'd say it's going well, but it's... um. It's been a lot more work than I anticipated. How about for you? I am pretty much in a very similar situation. So the app that I'm working on, I have one offshore developer who right now I am limiting her time to around part-time, like 20 hours, 20 something hours a week. And locally, I've hired someone sort of like a at a tech lead level on demand basis. So sometimes I would jump on meetings and review code and talk about general directions, how, so this person's responsibility is mainly at a higher level, give guidance, code review, architect, certain things that needs to be uh, rebuilt. The reason that I share a lot of the problems or, or at least like challenges that you're running into is, is that, so this local tech lead person, he was not feeling well for the past 10 days plus a bunch of things, right? Like, So he has a full-time gig and he's just doing this as a side hustle thing because I have a personal relationship with him. So he, was, he wasn't able to you know, be on top of everything while this offshore developer, she's just churning things out. Like I've given her an area of the code which needs major refactoring. It's just sort of coming up short on rewriting the whole thing, but it's a really critical part, right? So we're trying to look at how do we rework the entire piece. So she's just churning things out every single day. She would send me a Slack message. She begins work around like midnight, my time. And in the morning, I would get a Slack message telling me uh, what has been worked on, what are the commits, and how much time was spent. Because every day is kind of slightly different, sometimes more, sometimes less, but around that, you know, four, five, six hour range. And I would look at those commits and I would go, hmm, seems like there are only like a couple of commits here. Most of the commits are, you know, comments. And I'll, like yourself, right, I'll try to figure out like what happened here, how come it took so long. But I think it's something that you sort of have to anticipate as a manager, right, that a lot of the times you're not going to get 100%, right, unless you get a, maybe a superstar where they know exactly what you want. They would do things in the, you know, in the right order or the right exact way that you want. But I guess the beauty is that you want to create a system that they can be successful in. That's why I hired this local person to kind of oversee the architecture so that she doesn't have to make those decisions and she could just be kind of executing. And it's a price that you have to pay. I feel when you hire someone, you're not hiring whatever hourly rate they are charging you. You're making that plus, you know, whatever, 10, 20% because, you know, you have to manage them. You have to provide enough work for them to do. You have to format it in a way that they understand. There's back and forth. I see there are some you know, non-technical people trying to acquire these businesses that they have to be aware of, that if you're just looking for someone to take over, you really need someone that you trust right, to be there to at least give some guidance. So it could be a friend in your network. It could be you know someone that you know who is a software developer that you can just call upon in case something goes wrong. 
given you know the scale of our businesses right unless you can hire a complete you know full-on dev agency in north america i mean even then i mean i've heard of horror stories it's not about the rate that you pay but sometimes it's just the fit of yourself as a business owner and the, the, and the agency. So right now what I'm exploring, given this person, a local who could be busy in the upcoming months, I'm also talking to, to uh, the dev agency that I hired because I said, hey, we did a review of the performance of this uh, particular person. I said, this person, I think she has a good attitude. I, I don't mind you know, investing and growing her to be a more senior developer. But at the same time, I don't think there are certain decisions that she has the experience uh, to make. So I'm just asking them whether they would provide someone more senior at a tech lead level where the engagement would be different. They're not going to be working whatever full-time 20, 40 hours a week. They would just be overseeing the project from a technical point of view. Yeah, so that's kind of where I'm at. So are you looking to still work with her plus this new technical person or just have this new technical person take over entirely? So this is mainly just the dev agency's availability. I think I feel most of their senior people are occupied right now. So I don't have enough work for like one full-time senior person right now. That's why I'm just exploring different options. I'm not, I haven't made a decision yet. I haven't looked at, you know, who they're going to provide. In a sense, it's just a backup plan in case something, you know, happened to this person locally, right? This person local is someone that I trust, I've had experience with before. So yeah, that is just the setup, right? So that when this person is unavailable, there's, I have a second option always available. Yeah, makes sense. I think someone could easily overlook that part where, they go look for a, a contractor, dev agency, and then they just think that, hey, all of their problems are going to be gone. Just this like broken, continuous uh, integration pipeline just mess up the whole flow, right? Because I guess unless I hire another person to do the DevOps, right? Which sometimes, you know, these things, you just have to kind of get your hands dirty and just like fix them and, and move on, right? Like a documentation system is really important. Having documents where if we want to bring someone on, if, if this uh, dev agency is not satisfying my requirements and I need to move to somewhere else, move, move to another agency, there's some documentation available that another I could ramp up another person very quickly, right? So those are all things that you have to do, right? In order to enable this helper, this other team, this other person. Yeah, I mean, at the scale that we're both at, it would be difficult to hire full-time people to work or multiple, you know, whether it's single or multiple full-time people to work on the product. So like I think hiring definitely does solve a problem, but it's not the silver bullet that gets rid of all of your problems. You get a whole different set of problems that you have to deal with. And I don't know if I mean problems, I mean like you've got a whole different set of tasks that you need to now kind of execute on. So it's like people management and that's that's a sort of thing that becomes needed and the technical stuff, if you, you know, somebody's got to kind of, in my case, I've got to oversee kind of architecture and direction. And when I did first approach this person to hire them, I expected to lean on them a lot more to kind of just get things done. But it hasn't as much been the case. It's definitely been quite a bit of effort on my side to, you know, make sure the roadmap is done, write tickets, write requirements, set architecture code reviews. Like that's the big thing for me. And um, yeah, it's work. It's just different kind of work from actually writing code. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just that forever treadmill that you're trying to push your abstraction level higher, so that you're giving directions instead of writing, you know, every single line of code. But but even that, <laughs> in order to give directions, you have to have some artifacts, right? Documents, YouTube videos that you record, email messages that goes back and forth, Slack threads that goes back and forth to tell you know different people what you're looking for, how to do things properly. Yeah, absolutely. Cool, yeah. So what outcome are you looking forward to seeing next week? Yeah, so after fixing the continuous integration issue, I have this huge PR. (laughs) So I have this huge pull request because the offshore developer will just push things every single day. And I don't know if you've seen that that, uh, video where with um, an actress working on this assembly line, a packaging chocolate or something. And she, the assembly line was going so fast right, that she had to start putting it in her mouth. And then eventually, right, it's just like, it just overwhelmed her, right? So I felt like things are dropping on the assembly floor. My offshore worker is just like pumping stuff out on the assembly line and it's just falling on the floor and I need to do a catch up. So I need to catch up on this huge PR that she is pushing Basically, if there's one job that this app needs to do, this needs to be close to perfect, right? If not perfect. So this rewrite is getting towards, we can kind of start to see the finish line finally. <laughs> I hope you've got lots of unit tests. Yes. So part of the developer's job is to refactor this huge sort of procedural code. And part of her job is to fill in by doing test-driven development. Yeah, she's refactoring, rewriting. Ideally, you know, the textbook approach is you refactor when you have tests, right? So when you don't have tests, which is something that it could be very um, common when you acquire other people's code, is you would have to backfill those unit tests. So that's part of her job is to do that. Uh, What about yourself? Uh, What's the outcome that you're most looking forward to seeing next, next week? Yeah, so like I mentioned, I actually need to give myself a bit of a kick in the butt here in terms of GenWP discussion boards sold. It's been I've been a little bit blasé about it over the last couple of weeks and saying, oh, it'll happen when it'll happen and you know, just kind of being very floaty about the idea. So now I've that I've got kind of this future plan for what I want to do and part of that plan, a big part of it revolves around getting WP discussion boards sold. I need to actually start moving the needle with regards to getting a sale done. So like what I'd really like to see by the end of this next week is that I've got all the financials together, which is essentially quite a simple task to do. I've just been procrastinating on it. I've got a whole bunch of pull requests from my developer that I haven't merged. So I'd like to get a new release out this week show like kind of freshness of the plugin but also that generally results in some nice new sales i've also i bought five blog posts on upwork about three four weeks ago that i haven't posted so i want to get those up on the blogs and you know that will hopefully help in terms of driving a little bit more traffic and you know show the potential buyer that i have you know it doesn't just come as a piece of software it comes with some content marketing assets as well and then I'd, I'd like to just kind of write an overall business summary, like a thousand word, this is what the business is, this is its strengths, this is its weaknesses, and then here's opportunities and here's threats. 
uh, kind of like a, a basic SWOT analysis. And I'd like to get that done. And at that point, if I could get that all done in the next week, it's highly likely that I'll be able to post this on some marketplaces and get, see what the interest is and see if um, I can start chatting to any potential buyers. So yeah, I'm uh, giving myself a kick in the butt and I'm going to do this. And hopefully this will lead to greater things in episodes to come. It's highly likely that I will still have the software WP discussion board for Black Friday. And I'd like to start prepping for a big Black Friday sale for the software. We spoke quite a long time ago about all these emails that I've been capturing on free licenses. And I've got over a thousand now of people that haven't bought. And I want to do a promotion on Black Friday, send them out an email and see if I can make some sales. And apparently in the WordPress world, Black Friday is where you make a huge amount of your revenue. I didn't do any Black Friday sales last year. So now I've actually got somebody to market to and we'll see how it goes. So that's another exciting thing coming up that I I can share some details on. So yeah, but for me, the most important thing for this next week is to start prepping this for sale. Excellent. So I think that's it for us this week. If there's nothing much else to add. Yeah, that's, that's it. Perfect. So show notes can be found on buygrowrepeat.com. I am at Johnny Tong on Twitter and Matt is at Matt Jerry. This episode is edited by our good friend in the Netherlands, uh, Rory Jonkerkow. You can find his Instagram on at Radio Rory. See you next week.